I don't know about you, but we're always looking for ways to get our kids involved and give back in our local community. That's why we're excited to tell you about Student Visionaries of the Year, a campaign by the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, which is the largest nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a world without blood cancers. Student Visionaries of the Year is a seven-week philanthropic leadership development program for high school students. Participants form strong teams and fundraise in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. I would love for Violet to do this program when she's in high school. This program is transformative. It not only helps students develop valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship, not to mention it looks great on college applications, but most importantly, it's also a chance for them to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on blood cancer patients and their families. You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org slash students. That's lls.org slash students. I have a new canary in a coal mine. What is it? It's um, shopping for tablescape wares. I even bought a, a new table runner. Oh my goodness. What is that? Does that mean like dried flowers and... Table runners, vases, platters, serving dishes, all of it. All right. You're going to have to have us over for a fancy dinner. Yes. And welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Sarah Fain, a TV writer and producer living in Ojai, right outside of LA, and with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Liz. That's me, Liz Craft. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. In today's episode, we're going to discuss something we experienced lately, I'm (laughs) sad to report, a morale killer. How to handle a morale killer. Then in Amplify, I'm going to talk about my new favorite reality show. And we got so many responses to our busy bragging segment that we're going to do a take two. Finally, this week's Hollywood hack will blow you away. But first, Sarah, we have an update. In 256, we talked about calling in reinforcements when things get overwhelming. Um, We said we called in our friend Kareen to help us out on Fantasy Island Season 2 for several weeks. And we got this great response from our listener, Marie. She says... I am a university professor and am juggling multiple pressing deadlines and commitments this year. I was feeling overwhelmed generally, but have been fighting a sense of shame on being behind on one writing project in particular. After listening to the last episode on calling in reinforcements, I had an aha moment and immediately acted on a plan to invite a graduate student to participate in the book project and, of course, pay the student well for their work. It's a win-win all around, and by the end of the day, it was all set up, and those overwhelming clouds had cleared. So I'm so glad that somebody else called in reinforcements, Sarah. I know, Liz. It always makes me 
uh, obviously TV writers, it's very applicable to TV writers, but I get extra joy when people who are not TV writers email us because I'm like, it's applicable to other people. I'm so happy. I know. I know. And a professor, no less. I know. So thank you, Marie, for letting us know that. You totally made me happier in Hollywood. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Okay, Sarah, it's time for From the Treadmill Desks Of, in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. And this week, it's how to handle a morale killer. So as we've mentioned, we are in a particular crunch time. We have deadline upon deadline upon deadline This kind where you wake up in the middle of the night and your mind races and your stomach feels sick and you just go, how are we going to get through all these deadlines? Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. And then as we are going, of course, we have to get approvals along the way for the content of of our episodes. And we've been going along on a great streak of getting like everything approved and then... We had an A story that just did not land with the studio and network. At all. And we tried a couple different takes of the A story. They like we had one take and they were like, we like the general thing, but not this take. So then we did a whole different take, and then they still didn't like that take. And then they were like, Well, try another take. And then you were like, No. Yeah. There's no point in trying another take if we've done two takes on this idea and you still don't like it. Yeah, because, I mean, we know from our past experience, like, uh, if if for whatever reason an idea isn't landing, it's very hard to do, like, a left turn and make it land. In this case, we thought we had managed that. Like, we all love the story. We were breaking it really quickly. We were like, oh, my gosh, This totally works. And then, Sarah, I mean, the fateful thing, of course, in my mind that happened, I don't know if you know what I'm going to say. No, what? Okay, so we had a great day in the room working on the story before it got tossed. That night, you and I talked on the phone, and we were saying to each other, well, now that we kind of have a feeling of 11, 12, and 13, We can breathe. I feel like it's all going to be okay. We're going to make it through. We never should have said that. We we should have like had like a red flashing light. Like, don't go there. Don't go there. I know. (laughs) Because the second we said that, the next day our A story got tossed. Yes. And the problem is that we're kind of just like hanging on by our fingernails. And so when you have a morale killer... It's just really hard to bounce back. Like we were, look, if this had happened three months ago and we're not in such a crunch, we'd be like, okay, whatever. But at this particular moment, it was just like a piano falling on our heads is what it (laughs) felt like. Yes, it really did. I think also it was hard because it was the first time we'd been together in person with our staff since (laughs) like well before Christmas. So it was like, there we were, we were all in a groove. It was all so great. We were so happy to be together and in person. And then it was like foot to the chin. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say we recovered. And Sarah, momentum is so hard to come by. And then, you know, you're in this flow and you have to figure out a way to get back. And I think you and I felt rightly as the people in charge, it's sort of our job to get everybody 
back, right? To pick up yes. morale for the whole team. And as Brooke always says, you know, Brooke, our former assistant who was a writer on The Fix and now is an executive story editor on Fantasy Island, she says action is the antidote to anxiety. Yes. And we did manage to overcome our morale killer. <laughs> yes, we did. And part of that was just we let our team know immediately. Yes. We let them know at night via email, heads up. So that by the next day, we could all have processed it a little bit so we could hit the ground running in the morning. Yes, which was hugely helpful because like Brooke, in this case, came in with an idea to make one of our former B stories into an A story. And we all loved it immediately. Everyone was just like on board and just started talking and talking and talking. And suddenly that idea took life And it felt like we were like back into our flow. Yes. And I have to admit, it was a story idea that I was like, I mean, it's such a great B story. I don't think it can be an A story. I'm like not convinced. And then Brooke came in with this idea and it was just like, oh, of course it's an A story. It's a great A story. So part of it was for me in terms of getting out of it was if you're having trouble believing in yourself, believe in your team because they really came through. Yes. I mean, and thank goodness, because if they hadn't, we would really be SOL right now. Yes, exactly. But as it is, we're back on track. Yes, we lost a day or two. That Liz, happens. Knock on, knock on all the wood. Find some wood and knock on it. You said we're back. Okay, we are. Exactly. You hear me knocking? Yeah. Yes, yes, you're right. I shouldn't say that. When I say we're back on track, I mean, we are laying on the train tracks waiting for the yes. train to uh, run us over. But yeah. at least we're on the track. Yes. Oh, Lord. Uh. And Liz, this was extra hard for you, I have to say, because it's no complaining April. So you were yes. like, you were really hampered in your ability to respond I, to this. Yes, <laughs> I had to do a lot of hashtags. You know, I'm making hashtags every time I complain. And then I'm going to ah. give to charity based on the number of hashtags at the end of the month. And I definitely added a few that day. <laughs> but, you know, I'm trying, Sarah. Yes, you're do. I think you're doing great. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, coming up, we have our listeners' takes on busy bragging. But first, this break. Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Last night, I had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. Head to factormeals.com slash HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com slash HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. 
Okay, Liz, it's time for take two in which we revisit a topic we've discussed before. And today we are revisiting busy bragging, which we talked about in last week's episode 256. And already we've gotten so many responses. We were like, we have to keep talking about this. Yes, we discussed the concept of busy bragging and we debated whether or not we have been guilty of busy bragging. And we heard from a lot of listeners. This comes from Beth. She says, your busy bragging topic on this week's episode was really interesting. I was actually involved in a research study on this idea way back in the late 90s. People do love... I know. People do love to talk about how busy or stressed they are. However, I don't think it's to flaunt their success. I think often it's just a simple case of one-upsmanship. Oh, you think you're busy? Get a load of this. This kind of talk really irritates me because, newsflash, you designed your life. If it's too busy, crazy, stressful, fix it and stop going on and on about it. You two continue going on about it as much as you'd like, though. Your podcast is all about how to manage. Love it. A big fan from Nebraska. I included that she's from Nebraska because, you know, Sarah, I love Nebraska. I spent my youth going there every summer. I think she really summed it up well. I mean, it's like if, if you're so busy and you don't like it, change something. Yes. Yes. Agreed. Which is basically all I've been doing. For the last six months, trying to find ways to manage. Yes. So, yes, I I, I hear you. I hear you, Beth. Um, and then Kayla had a different take on busy bragging. She said, sometimes people who are busy bragging are just releasing the valve, explaining why they're stressed, frazzled, or unable to do some recreational things they want, even when they currently love and choose how their time is spent, which is a luxury. As we all know, many women have taken on numerous additional roles during the pandemic and are exhausted. Sometimes the bragger isn't bragging, but just wants commiseration and someone to listen or laugh with about it. And maybe even a compliment or some compassion. Is that so wrong? (laughs) Everyone can use a pat on the back once in a while. I think talking about being busy can come off as bragging, intentional or not, when perhaps the listener is envious of the position Mm -hmm. the bragger is in, whether it appears as a dream job, family, home ownership, or obligations. So maybe it's on the friend, family member, co-worker to question themselves about why hearing about someone being busy bothers them so much. There are obvious economic and social circumstances that can aggravate the feelings, like you have so much in your life. How can you complain slash brag? But that doesn't mean the speaker doesn't have the right to talk about moments that are particularly challenging. Last thing, if a person makes busy bragging her personality or identity, that's another story and obviously can be tiresome to the listener. (laughs) That's interesting, Sarah, because, you know, one of Gretchen, my co-host on Happier with Gretchen Rubin, um, one thing she talks about is what makes you envious And that can Mm -hmm. often tell you where you really want to go in life. And so that's sort of what this goes to, I think. It's like if you're envious of someone busy bragging about all their social obligations, maybe that means that you want more social obligations. And it can be a good way to look at your own life. So I thought that was really interesting. Yes, so did I. Now, Amy says... I've been thinking about this since listening to the podcast, and it resonates with me. I have many people in my life that do this, but one person immediately jumped to mind. I think there are people who are genuinely sharing, and that involves sharing the busyness, and there are some who have to identify with it. 
I have a group of girlfriends who try to meet once a month for lunch, and here are how the group texts go. Okay, this made me laugh. Me, hey, ladies, can everyone still meet on Saturday for lunch? All the other friends, yes or no? If no, there's usually a quick reason, i.e., I'm so sorry, but an unexpected thing came up. We'll be there next month. But this particular friend who already said yes to this date a month ago, she says, well, since going back to work full time at my very important government agency, which I love and is really fulfilling because I am now running this project, insert name of project, is just so hard. And on Saturday, we now have activity A for child A at this time, activity B for child B at this time, activity C for child C at this time, usually with a brag of how amazing and smart at least one of the activities is. And between those things and needed to prep for some house project, it would be very challenging. And she goes back to, so the answer is no then? Even if you just send her a text to answer, how are you? This is a response given. Makes it harder to really want to engage. When we do all actually get together for lunch and the same conversation happens, it seems much more appropriate, I think, because we are ready for this level of detail and even asking for it, but not when trying to double check the plans we already made a month ago. So it's just interesting how it does touch a nerve with people, this busy brain. It is. Yes. Well, and she may have just been trying to fill in for the brunch that she's going to miss. Like, these are all the things I would have told you if I was able to be there, but I can't be there. So I'm going to just dump them here in this text. But in text form, it seems super annoying. Now, I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt. You I have are. to say, if I received that text, that is not how I would perceive it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, Sarah, the thing I keep coming back to in my mind about busy bragging is that it's just like, everyone is really busy. Like I find myself guilty of this when I'll say like, well, I can't be the room coordinator because I'm too busy. I couldn't possibly. Well, guess what? Everyone who is the room coordinator is just as busy. They're just prioritizing being the room coordinator. This is a school thing I'm talking about. (laughs) So that I think is the issue is understanding that everybody is busy. And if they're not busy, it's because they've engineered their life that way and they don't want to be more busy with being the room (laughs) coordinator, for instance. Yeah. No, it made me just remember that, especially right now, we're just all overextended and we just have to give each other some grace because it's it's brutal right now. Yes. Yes. Whether you choose to be busy or not, it's tough. And we are loving these thoughts on busy bragging. So keep them coming to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. We um, are getting a big kick out of reading everyone's take on busy bragging. Okay, Sarah, it is time for our Amplify segment in which we amplify diverse voices. And I am very excited to share with you my new favorite reality show. You know I love reality TV. Yes, I do. Today, I want to tell everyone about Deaf You on Netflix. Yes, and Deaf You is an American reality television show that follows a group of deaf and hard of hearing college students who attend Gallaudet University, a federally chartered private university for the education of the deaf and hard of hearing that is located in Washington, D.C., And among the series executive producers is deaf activist, model, and actor Niall DeMarco. He says the goal of the series is to show deaf people as humans from all walks of life. 
Yeah, so Gretchen and I are interviewing Niall. So I happened upon the show when I was researching him. And it is so great because, one, you really learn about deaf culture, which is extremely layered and complex. And it's an amazing soap. So it follows these, (laughs) you know, young kids who are going to college They have crushes on each other. They're hooking up. They're, you know, doing all their college stuff. But then on top of that, you learn about what it's like to be deaf, the difference between having been born to hearing parents or non-hearing parents. Um, It's just really fascinating on sort of five different levels. I really recommend it. And Sarah, if anybody wants to hear the interview with Niall, it's episode 374 of Happier. Awesome. And I hope this won't be taken as busy bragging, but as soon as my schedule calms down a little, this will be the first thing I watch. It sounds really, really interesting. Yes. And I was going to have Jack watch it with me because I thought it would be interesting, but it has very adult content. So I would not have Violet watch it with you. Thank you for the heads up. (laughs) All right, coming up, this week's Hollywood hack will help you work smarter, not harder, but first this break. Okay, Liz, here's some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, multiple systems, delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs, you cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems, and you improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash Hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. Okay, Sarah, it is time for this week's Hollywood hack. I have to say, I'm calling this an Ojai hack. I am I am <laughs> I am disputing the Hollywood of it, but I think it's a great Ojai hack and probably a great Encino hack as well here in the suburbs. But I don't know that yes, it's very for Hollywood. Sure. Well, I don't know. I think Los Angeles is so identified with this particular item. True. <laughs> Maybe it is. Okay. So this week's Hollywood slash Ojai hack is a battery-powered, personal, not huge, leaf blower. Okay. <laughs> so... <laughs> Do tell. Everybody everybody who lives in L.A. is familiar with, you know, the, like, giant leaf blowers, you know, that just, like, blow, like, massive amounts of debris from place to place. Noise pollution. Absolutely. And probably every other kind. But this is something that Violet's brand new nanny, she brought to our house. And I was like, this is genius. I'm getting one. Just to, like, clear your patio of leaves. It, like, it makes things so simple. And as someone who has lots of pets and things like wood chips and that kind of thing, I actually think I'm going to use it in our TV room because that's where the guinea pigs are. 
Mm. And like there's a door to the outside and I can just blow the wood chips out that collect under their cage instead of like sweeping constantly. Anyway, so it's not enormous. It's battery powered. You just go shoom and the problem is solved. It's sort of a reverse dust buster. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> and how much is th- is the one that you were looking at? Well, there's a huge price range. We'll okay. put a couple in our show notes. Okay. But they can be anywhere from $35 to, you know, 100 and something probably. I got one that was like 50 bucks. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Well, as you say, I guess it wouldn't be Los Angeles without leaf blowers. So maybe I stand corrected. <laughs> And that is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. For questions or comments, email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and please follow us if you haven't already. Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Listen to the other Onward Project podcasts, Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, Do the Thing with Whole30's Melissa Urban, and Everything Happens with Kate Bowler. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at Fain and Liz is at Liz Craft. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Until next week, I'm Liz Craft. And I'm Sarah Fain. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. I'm sitting here, Liz, in this office, which is just like box upon box upon box (laughs) upon box. The entire rest of the house is unpacked. (laughs) You're kidding. That's amazing. Oh, my gosh. But of course, what have I not done? My space. Yes. (laughs) Like my office. (laughs) A room of one's own filled with boxes. Yes. I'm giving myself a bomb for that. Okay. From the Onward Project.